Thank you, Jamie. Awesome. What a great occasion we celebrate this morning. Praise God. And um, seeing all the children around reminds me of a story of Frankie and Johnny. Uh, two scoundrels of kids, always giving their parents you know, up to mischief and giving their parents grief. Anyway, their mother decided that she had to deal with this misbehaviour, so she sent them off to confession. Said, Rightio, boys, you've done enough of this, you're going to confession. And so uh, Johnny's sitting in the confessional booth, and uh, the priest looks at him and he says, Johnny, where is God? Implying, you know, where is God in his life? And Johnny just looked, stared at him, stunned. The priest said, Johnny, where is God? And at this point, Johnny gets up screaming. He runs out of the booth, straight past his brother, Freddie and uh, Frankie, and he's, he's run off home. Anyway, Frankie's... Uh... Hey, I haven't got to the punchline yet. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny's chasing after Frankie, and he finds him hiding in the closet at home. And he's crying, he's sobbing. He's saying, quick, Johnny, get in here, get in here. And uh, so they're both in a closet and Johnny says, Frankie, what's going on? What's going on, Frankie? He says, you wouldn't believe it. He says, I was in there with the priest and he asked me where God is. And I don't know where God is. I think he's, they've lost him and he's trying to blame me. <laughs> okay, now you can laugh. <laughs> awesome. So with that, um, if you go to Bibles, can you turn to uh, Romans 4 and verse 23? I just want to share this morning on hope. Um, Teresa alluded to hope as she was just praying for us this morning. Um, but this morning I want to talk to you that hope does not disappoint. And I know I've probably shared a couple of times around this area, not specifically, but in general, because this is something that is real to me at this point of time. And I can only share what's on my heart. And I want to again just share um, around this area that hope does not disappoint. In Romans 4.23, we'll read from there. The words... It was credited to him, were written not for him alone, this is speaking of Abraham, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grand grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. What a great 
exposition here of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it goes and it tells us of God's work in our life by his grace through our faith. The two working hand in hand. And I just want to pick up here that salvation, the salvation of Jesus and the righteousness of God and the reward of heaven is conditional. It says quite clearly in that passage, for us who believe in him. For us who believe in him. This passage of scripture and the salvation of Jesus and the good news of Jesus Christ is simultaneously the most exclusive and the most inclusive um, theological concept in which we can commit ourselves. You often talk to people and they say, well, aren't all the religions the same? Isn't it all the same God? Simple answer is no, it's not. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's exclusive. It's only through the way of Jesus that we can get to our Heavenly Father. There is no other way. As nice and you know, as uh, wonderful as it all sounds that we can all get to God through our different concepts, the Bible, the Word of God is very clear. It is only through Jesus Christ. And so it's exclusive in the sense that only those who confess with their mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that he was raised from the dead that will see the riches of heaven. Romans 4.24 tells us that righteousness, that is to be right with our Heavenly Father, is only available as a credit. It is not a wage, it's not something that we earn. It is a gift of grace. Say it with me, a gift of grace. Okay, let's do better. A gift of Awesome. And yet, as exclusive as that sounds, it is so inclusive that even a small child, a small child can believe the good news of Jesus Christ. They can make a confession of faith. And it's so good. It is available to both the scholar and the uneducated, the uninitiated, the scoundrel, the sinner, and even the tax collector. No one is turned away. Let me say this clearly right out of the text of the Bible. God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Therefore, therefore, Doesn't this sound good? And yet it's only half of it. It's punctuated by therefore. So the Bible tells us of this wonderful news and then it says therefore. It says therefore since we have been justified through faith. And Ephesians 2, 8 9 verifies this when it says it is by faith. Yes? It is by faith that we receive grace. And this is not from ourselves, it is the gift of God, not by our works, so that no one can boast. It is faith that brings us into this revelation. Not when we've earned it, not when we're good enough, 
It is by faith, no matter what state we find ourselves in. So Romans 5 keeps going. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So let's recap that scripture. Okay? We confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord of our life. And we believe in our heart that he's raised from the dead. Okay? If that's you, give me a wave. Yes? If you're not sure, give me a wave. Right? So we confess with our mouth. We believe in our heart. And this means because of our faith, God the Father makes a deposit into our life, cancelling a debt that we were never going to be able to pay. Now when I talk about sin, I don't want you to think of it as something that we do or do not do. Sin is not based on our works, all right? our sinful nature in how we express that, is just an outworking of that sinful nature. It does not determine if we are a sinner or not. We have sinned because we were born that way. We were born as a direct descendant through the ages of Adam and of Eve. Therefore, we are born into sin. It is our nature. Our nature and we need to understand that. It's not because of anything we have done. and It is a legal sense in the spirit. And the debt is massive. God is perfect and we are not. Can we just agree on that? Okay? God is perfect and we are not. It's that simple. And when we look at perfection, what does that look like? It's hard for us to imagine what perfection looks like. Let's just imagine for a moment this back wall. Let's say I painstakingly painted it. Perfect. It's white. Not a blemish, not a stain on it. From side to side, top to bottom. It's perfectly white. Now, it's, it's perfect. Okay, we got that? Now, I get a pen. And I walk over to it. Oh, look at that. One I prepared earlier. And I go, boop, and put a little dot on that wall. Is that wall now perfect? No. There is a dot on it. You might think to yourself, well... It's so small, I can't even see it. It's nearly perfect. There's no such thing as nearly perfect. There is either perfection or there is imperfection. There is no in-between. God is perfect. Okay, full stop. That's it. God is holy. He is perfect. We, on the other hand, and on this side, we are imperfect. Okay? One little dot. Oh, you're glad you're on that side, are you? <laughs> oh, let me stand up here too then. <laughs> we are all imperfect. Not by what we have done, but of who we are. One little small dot ruins the perfection. And we find ourselves in a position where we are imperfect. So have I got you there? God is perfect. We are imperfect. One little dot on perfection makes it imperfect. 
I'm trying to get this point clear in our life. Because so often people think, yeah, but I'm only a little bit naughty or I've only done some little things wrong. And it's the wrong way of thinking when it comes to our standing with God. Our standing in God is simple. God is holy and perfect. We are not holy in our own nature. We are imperfect. But the grace of God through Jesus Christ turns that all around. Through Jesus' sacrifice, he takes the imperfect and he makes it perfect. And that is activated by our faith. By our faith comes about the righteousness of God. And this word, hope does not disappoint, became a remal word for me a couple of weeks ago. As I was preparing uh, for one of the night services of uh, Pastor Brett Lindner's, I was having a shower and uh, I heard the whispers in my, in my head, Rod, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. I thought, oh, what a bummer. Don't get my hopes up. But then immediately I heard another voice saying, hope does not disappoint, Rod. Yeah, come on, do that again. All right, everyone, together. Uh, awesome. Hope does not disappoint. And I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what's happening in your life. But wherever you are, hope does not disappoint. And we need to hold on to hope. We need to be able to, to ride out and see it through. We'd be able to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. One confession of faith and belief in the finished work of the cross and in Jesus' resurrection and God cancels out all death that stood against us and he calls us righteous. Able to stand before him without condemnation, without fear of judgment, with no debt. Again, another example, because I like making examples. It helps me get it clear in my mind, so I hope this helps you too. So let's imagine the imperfection against God is like the waters of the ocean. Okay? How vast are the waters of the ocean? Are we able to count every drop in the ocean? No, it's an impossibility. We don't even know the depths of some of the ocean floors. It is vast, the oceans of this earth. So let's imagine that that is the, the debt owed against God. And so we're now thinking, not directly, but this is what we think when we think, you know what, if I just do enough good, I can cancel out all the dead, all the bad. Can't, you're willing to admit that that's sometimes how people think, how we think sometimes. You know, maybe if, I just, if I'm good enough, I can cancel out all the bad. And while you know, our justice system sometimes portrays justice as such, in the economy of God, that's not how it works. Because the debt is so big... It is impossible for us to do it through our works. So let's imagine, 
put this into a bit of a, a picture. The debt owed against God is like the ocean of this earth. And we're going to work, we're going to try and make good on every every one of those. So did you know there's 7.9 billion people on this earth? Give or take a few hundred thousand. 7.9 billion people on this earth. So stay with me. The debt we owe against God is like the waters of the ocean. The people represented on the earth is like every good deed we're going to try and do to try and displace the bad. Now let's, let's imagine that all those 7.9 billion people all at once jumped into the ocean. Okay? Don't worry about the practicalities of it. Just stay with me. All right? So 7.9 billion people all decided to go and lie down in the ocean. You got that picture in your mind? Okay. How much would the sea level rise if 7.9 billion people jumped into the ocean all at once? You've all had a bath, haven't you? Okay, the water's in the bath and you sit in it, the water level rises. Okay? So if everyone on this earth jumped into the ocean at once and lay down in the ocean, you know how much the sea level would rise? Would it be a metre? No. Would it be uh, 100 millimetres? Would it be 10 millimetres? No. The sea level would rise the width of a human hair. That's how insignificant those 7.9 billion people represent in the oceans of the world. And I share that picture because we could, you know, try and do one good thing a second. Imagine you try to do one good thing a second. How long would it take for you to overcome that 7.9 billion? Okay, if we're looking at our example, 7.9 billion people. All right, it would take you 250 years to reach that goal. Heck, I can't even do one good thing a second for one hour. <laughs> Let alone 250 years. Can you see the insignificance? If we try with that, that attitude that I'm going to just try and do the best I can to please God. It becomes such a futile exercise that it becomes insignificant in the economy of God. So I'm sharing this to try and help us understand that from our perspective, there is nothing we can do that will ever bring us into a right place with God. We have to. We have to come to the cross. We have to come to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and allow his work to take away all of our sin. For the work of the cross to cancel our debt as we stand before him. Romans 5.2 So now we have gained access by faith 
into this grace in which we now stand. By faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because I know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Hope does not disappoint. It starts by giving yourself to God in simple faith. By allowing the great gift of salvation to be poured into your life. Then hanging on through the ups and downs. And commit yourself to the long game. Not giving up. Not throwing your hands up in the air in angst and disbelief. But persevering in all circumstances. Which builds Godly character. Digging into the promises of God and his word. And holding on to them dearly. And making a positive confession of faith. And that all God's promises are yes in Christ. And our spoken word affirms that. As we say amen to those promises. To the glory of God. And that's where hope springs into action. That's where hope rises in our hearts. To make that confession of faith in our hearts. To make that positive affirmation of his promises in the Bible. And you know, Janice and I were having a conversation during the week. Um, and uh, we were talking about the sword of the Spirit. In Ephesians 6, we're encouraged to yield the sword of the Spirit. And it's the sword of the Holy Spirit, my friends. It's not the sword of the Word. It's not the sword of Jesus. It's not the sword of God the Father. It is the sword of the Spirit. And it's a sharp sword. And we can yield it. But we need the word in our life. We need that word that the Holy Spirit can grab a hold and make it real in our life. And when that, that scripture came to mind, that hope does not disappoint, that is the Holy Spirit yielding that sword in my life and letting hope spring up again. Not getting dragged down by the lies of the devil that says, you know, don't get your hopes up. Does God really believe what God really going to do what he says he's going to do? Well, yeah, he is. He's going to do what he's going to do. His word is true in our life. And every word that is written in the Bible, the Holy Spirit can take it and he can cut the lies to pieces, shred them. My friends, hope does not disappoint. And we need to hold on. Because help is on its way. I'll be there as fast as I can. Am I showing my age? <laughs> you young'uns are going, oh, what song's that? A little bit of sherbet there, never goes astray, does it? Praise the Lord. But hold on. What can we hold on to? What have we got a grip on? 
have a grip on God's promises. Have a grip in those things that are real in our life. Hold on to that salvation that you know is real in your heart because His promises are true. His promises will come to pass. And we can say with all confidence that I am a child of God. I am healed in the name of Jesus. I am an overcomer by the grace of God. I will walk through this valley of the shadow of death and I will fear no evil because my God is with me and he's not going to leave me on my own. And all things that he said are true for my life will come to pass. My friends, this is an encouragement for me and I hope so for you as well. That we are able to move into these promises. We are able to walk in perseverance. We are able to get through. Why? Because hope does not disappoint. Take that home please with you this morning. Put a handle on that and carry it out with you. Stick it in your pocket or whatever. But take it home with you. And keep saying to yourself, right on your mirror. Okay? Not with permanent marker, with whiteboard marker. Permanent marker if you want, because it's permanent. But hope does not disappoint. In finishing this morning, can I ask us to make that declaration in our own hearts? Can we take that as a word in season for our life? And say it with me. And you too at home. Come on. You're in this as well. Hope does not disappoint. Alright, now. That was good. But we've got to say it with a bit of conviction, eh? Like we believe it. And hope does not disappoint. <laughs> There's no conviction in that. Come on. Say it with a bit of mongrel in you. Alright, let's go. Hope does not disappoint. All right. Praise the Lord. Let me pray. And as we're closing off this morning, I want to invite, if anyone's in need of prayer, please come and I want to pray with you. If you want to make that confession of faith for the first time in Jesus Christ, then please come forward. I will um, I'll pray with you and lead you in that. If there is prayer for anything else in your life, and come, we will pray with you. Because we are standing before the throne of God and he hears our prayers. So let's pray as we finish off. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, your word is so true in our life. Lord, that we can taste and see that it is good. Lord, that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith in your promises that are clear in your word. We walk by faith in the things that are not yet seen because we know them to be true. And Lord, we will see the manifestations of these promises. We will see your word come to pass because your word goes out and it will not return to you, Lord, without accomplishing everything it is meant to achieve. So Lord, we thank you that today we can come and we can put our hope in you. We can put, Father, our faith in you and that your grace is poured out into our life, Lord. And Lord, we can stand righteous before you. Lord, once again made perfect by the blood of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you take the words that have been shared this morning and bring them to remembrance in our hearts as we go through this week. 
Let us be able to share this encouragement with other people. Lord, with our work colleagues, with our family, with our friends. And Lord, that we are able to hold on to these promises in perseverance until that day where we see them come to glory in our life. So we praise you, Jesus. We honour you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everyone. All right. So let's go out. Let's strut out. Okay. With hope arising, hope renewed in our life. Thank you. God bless.